Welcome back to Scars Left Behind podcast, episode number eight, COVID-19 crisis, mental health of young people. 7% of children have attempted suicide by the age of 17, and almost one in four say they have self-harmed in the past year, according to a paper in the British Journal of Psychiatry and experts say the figures could rise as a result of the pandemic. The figures come from analysis of the Millennium Cohort study, which follows the lives of about 19,000 young people, born at the start of the millennium in England, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland. The report says that when the 17-year-olds from the cohort were asked if they had ever hurt themselves on purpose in an attempt to end your life. 7% replied yes. When asked if they had self-harmed during the previous year, 24% responded that they had. The data, which is nationally representative, can be extrapolated to the UK population to give figures of 52,000 that's 52,427 17-year-olds having attempted suicide at some point in their lives, and 170,744 having self-harmed in the previous 12 months before COVID hit. Psychiatrists say the figures reflect a trend they are witnessing, demonstrating the challenges faced by young people They warn that coronavirus and its fallout will probably make matters worse and urge investment now in services for young people experiencing mental health problems. Dr. Banadka Dubika, the chair of the college's child and adolescent mental health faculty, described the findings as part of a really concerning trend. I don't know about you, but I really, really hate the word trend because it's not a trend. Trying to trying to end your life right is not a trend, you know. Maybe that's just me being too literal, but you know, let me know what you think. That they had been seeing for a long time. She said data showed there had been an increase almost every year in terms of teenagers injuring themselves deliberately. One of the study's authors, Dr. Pravita Patale, said our study highlights large inequality in these adverse mental health outcomes at age 17, with women and sexual minorities being particularly vulnerable, potentially reflecting the greater disparity in the pressures they face and need for support that is sensitive to the challenges experienced by them during adolescence. There is definitely a need to provide more, better and earlier support for young people to prevent their mental health difficulties from getting too severe, but equally we really need to think about why young people today are struggling so much. Dubika said data from NHS Digital showed that 41% of all admissions to hospital for self-harm were teenagers, 
what we are seeing year on year clinically is more young people presenting self-harm in A&E and admissions to paediatric beds and mental health units. She said there was not enough research into why this was happening, but based on her work, she felt that austerity and poverty were leading to more people experiencing difficulties. So we have widespread societal driving factors, which are most certainly impacting on children. The other issue is education has been a huge stress for young people, adding that a general rise in mental health problems was contributing to a rise in self-harming. <laughs> I think it's important that all children are able to thrive in the education system. We know 50% of young people make it to university and another 50% and within a group there are lots of disadvantages with disadvantaged children with learning difficulties or autism or looked after and traumatised children. We need equal chances for all children, she said. The report said age 17 marks an important age before many key life transitions, including the ending of, of compulsory education and moving away from home. With the ending of support from child and adolescent mental health services around this critical age, many young people fall through the gaps between CAMS and adult mental health services, potentially further worsening outcomes at the precise time when support is most required. These findings underline the urgent mental health support need in this generation. Dubika said it was important the government sped up plans for mental health support teams in schools. She said self-harm was a way of manifesting distress for those who found it harder to verbalise. Some children are demonstrating distress and hurting themselves and that comes from low self-esteem, failure and self-hatred. Social media could also be a toxic environment for some young people and have a big impact. She said children and young people need tools to be able to manage social media and internet safely and the parents need tools and support to monitor what their children are doing online. And I know I, as someone who uses social media you know, to run a mental health page, you know, to obviously run this podcast and get the pod and get this get it, the podcast out there. I know the struggles and the hardships that social media can bring, especially if you are vulnerable and you suffer from mental health. It's probably not a good idea to have your young younger children on social media. And in saying that, I know that there is a, a, a massive argument, you know, regarding social media. Should you have it? Should you not? And again, there is a case for that. <clears throat> on the one hand, I think we should have social media, but on the other hand, it's down to it's down to those companies who are in control of the that social media platform, i.e., Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, 
or any other social media that may be developed in the future to make sure that their ser- that their service is up to standard and they have teams in place that can help you know those who are vulnerable you know or because right because we all would agree that you shouldn't you should not have social media until you are a certain age right until you are capable of you know surfing the internet and whatever right properly but i do think that there needs to be some accountability on the social media companies as well they need to have accountability for a lot of stuff because at the end of the day right, we are just like everyone else right? we want to be able to use social media for you know to interact with friends you know and all of that you know but there needs to be a better system put in place to where trolling and online bullying can be not oh, I don't wanna, I don't want to say abolished but to where it's not happening but unfortunately you know that's that's the curse of social media and obviously it's up to the per, it's up to the individual if they can if they are capable of handling themselves on social media and they know that you know it's got, they're gonna get some you know dickheads and uh, some online bullying and trolling now and again or they're just gonna get hate comments then okay but if you are but if you are a, a really vulnerable young child but if you are very vulnerable like a vulnerable young girl a young boy who you know has issues with you know self-image or those kind of issues then no i don't think you should have social media and therefore i think you should have <coughs> certain things in place from the social media's company side to where you should even put limita- limitations on what you can do within your social media app to protect your child from unnecessary behaviour from other people and so forth but because until social media giants step up and put services in place that you know parents are calling out for right then you know unfortunately you know things like what of what we have previously seen will still keep happening but it's a, but it's also you know you don't want to penalize the parents because the parents are doing what only doing what they you know they are only doing their best you know we can't expect parents to know what their kid is doing 24/7 right so i know it's a bit of a you know contentious argument no social media but i think the government certainly need to know once they've dealt with the current pandemic right and we've got through this 
then I think the government should really have a look at social media and find a way of making sure that when everyone signs up that they have that they are able to be safe from trolls hacking whatever so that they know that if some if there's a problem right they can get direct help but that's my my short standpoint on it again i know it's a bit of a a contentious you know debate discussion but i think it's something something that we definitely need to have a look at later later on but yeah social media could also be a toxic environment for some young people and have a big impact she said children and young people need tools to be able to manage social media and the internet safely yes that i would agree but also on the flip side that also needs to be this that also needs to be the same for those social media companies they need to enact a team of you know qualified people within i don't know the mental health field or something to where they can have on-demand support built in for these young people for these young vulnerable children right so it's not a one-way street it you know it's all it's all very well saying oh we'll put these out for we'll make sure they can navigate social media safely but you also need to step up in 2018 759 young people took their own life in the uk and republic of ireland data shows in the uk suicide rates among young people have been increasing in recent years the suicide rate for young females is now at its highest rate on record Tobika said the pandemic was likely to have a big impact on mental health. Well, no shit. Um, and they were already seeing the impact. She said more trained specialists were needed to meet demand. Yeah, more trained specialists. Specialists. Um, again, this is just my 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 you know two cents. I really like to know what all of you think, but the NHS is already struggling. Is already struggling as it is. Mental health prof- mental health professionals are suffering. You know they're trying to keep keep a roof over their heads, right? Plus they're trying to maintain somewhat of a business. You know helping. You know, helping clients that they still have on their books, right? And they're still trying to have like a somewhat normal life, right? Raising kids, you know, etc. And you do, and you know, if they're saying in the future, yes, oh, yes, we do need a lot more trained specialists. We need more trained mental mental health professionals. Of course, right. Of course, right. Because obviously, you know, as I as I covered in the previous podcast, you know, COVID nineteen health workers, mental health is worsening. So, you know, we obviously do need a lot more within that field. 
because we need to meet meet the demand of not only you know paramedics, EMTs, doctors, nurses, mental health, but we also need to have make sure that we have enough you know people that can help both the health workers and mental health sufferers. Right, so it's a fine balance, but. So if that, so if from that point point of view, if they, if she's saying in the future, then yes, undoubtedly. But at right now, it's probably not a good time because, again, the profes- the mental health professionals who are still able to work and help, you know, ongoing clients, right? They're having to do that virtually, right, and. You know, or if they are, you know, obviously abiding by the COVID-19 the safety measures and they're still going to office, then obviously, you know, they do one-to-one with social distancing. distancing. But the majority are probably doing virtual, right? The current counsellors, the current therapists, counsellors, you know, specialists are so inundated with clients backlog of clients that if you were to bring in more new trained specialists at this point it'll prob it would probably be a clusterfuck because you just make the whole situation worse right because we don't we don't there isn't a system set up so yes i agree we need more people within the mental health field but at the same time, we need to, you know, choose the right moment. She said, I am hugely concerned about the impact of the pandemic. Well, sorry, everyone. We know there had been a rise in, refer- in referrals. In autumn last year, demand was the highest it's ever been. Claire Murdoch, NHS England National Mental Health Director, said that NHS continues to support young mental health with treatments continuing during the pandemic, including phone and video consultations, online support with services like Cooth, as well as face-to-face appointments and mental health support teams in schools. A government spokesperson said, early intervention and treatments is vital, and we are providing an extra $2.3 billion to help an additional 345,000 children and young people access NHS-funded services or school and college-based support. If you are a young person in the UK struggling with your mental health, advice and support is available on the Young Minds website, including information about how to get help. For urgent support, contact the Young, the young Minds Crisis Messenger by texting YM to 85258. Young Minds Free Helpline for Parents is on 0808 802 5544. That's the Younger Minds Free Helpline for Parents is on 0808 802 5544. That's from 9.30am 9, 9 to 4pm Monday to Friday. In the UK and Ireland, Samaritans can be contacted on 116123 or email joe at samaritans.org 
or Joe Samaritan's aid. In the US, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. In Australia, the Crisis Support Service Lifeline is 131114. Other international helplines can be found at www.befrienders.org That's www.befrienders.org out to Samaritans on one one six one two three you can reach reach out to young minds if you need uh, urgent support then do contact the young Man, young minds crisis messenger by texting ym to eight five two five eight there is help out there there is support out there please if you know of anyone who's talking and to find us on the social media head on over to Instagram and put scars left behind behind without the E and you will find us you will also find us on Twitter with the same handle also on Facebook at SLB Podcast. And to find us on your chosen podcast platform, we are on Spotify, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Acast, Radio Public and Breaker. And we are also on Amazon Music in the podcast section.